Hello and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast for the Lancet Infectious Diseases. I am Dr. Saleha Hassan, a senior editor for the journal, and I'm joined today by Dr. Prasad Kulkarni, who is the executive director of the Serum Institute of India Private Limited, located in Pune. He will be discussing their study, a phase one partially blind, observer blind, randomized, single dose ascending study of dengue monoclonal antibody in healthy adults. In addition, we will also be discussing the wider implications for dengue control and drug development. The paper is online at thelancet.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Kulkarni, and a warm welcome to you. Uh, To initiate this conversation, could you please provide some background information about dengue and its incidents both in Asia and globally? Uh, Sure. So, you know, dengue is the most common mosquito-borne viral disease of humans and almost half of the world's population, which is which is almost 4 billion people, actually live in the areas where there is a risk of dengue. Uh, a recent study estimated that uh, around 100 million infections happen only in the year 2017. So the number is quite large, along with 40,000 deaths. So uh, the numbers are quite, quite big. The spread, unfortunately, of dengue is increasing uh, uh, due to factors like climate change, globalization, viral evolution, etc. And therefore, it is also becoming a problem for international travelers. Uh, in the world, the, the, the areas that are most affected are the Latin America, Southeast Asia, and the Western Pacific. Even among these three, uh, Southeast Asia contributes to almost half of the global burden of dengue with five countries taking the major share, and these five countries are India, Indonesia, Myanmar, Sri Lanka, and Thailand. And they are they are among the 30 most uh, highly endemic countries uh, in the world. As far as India is concerned, uh, every year uh, there is an estimated uh, 8.8 to 12.9 million primary dengue infections uh, that occur. And of these, around 2.2 to 3.2 a million cases are clinically symptomatic and uh, so it's a, it's a huge burden that we are talking about both globally as well as in Asia and in India. Um, effective anti-dengue treatments are an unmet medical need. Could you please discuss the current preventive and treatment options for dengue and why drug development is challenging? Yeah, so, you know, currently there is no specific uh, treatment for dengue. And as far as preventive measures are concerned, there is, as says, there is only one, which is mosquito control. Of course, of late, uh, two vaccines, dengue vaccines, have been licensed in few countries. And these include dengue vaccia and uh, Q dengue. But both of them have some limitations, like, for example, dengue vaccia. As, uh, as, uh, as an issue about uh, uh, it, that it is recommended only in individuals with uh, prior dengue infection. So you have to actually test everybody and then see and then uh, based on that give the vaccine. As far as acute dengue is concerned, uh, the, there is no efficacy was seen for dengue serotype 3 in baseline serotonegative participants. 
and uh, for Dengue 4, there were very few cases in their trial to conclude to, uh, anything about the efficacy against that particular syndrome. So these are some of the issues. And uh, so in terms of management, it's only supportive care in the form of fluid replacement and bad close clinical monitoring. There are no specific anti-drug, uh, anti-dengue medicines that are currently available. And therefore, this this uh, therapy remains an unmet medical need. In terms of challenges, you know, as you are aware, there are four distinct serotypes of dengue virus. So any target therapy should be able to neutralize all four of them effectively. Only then it will be a, a viable uh, therapy. Secondly, uh, the dengue clinical picture is typically biphasic. So in the first phase, uh, you get typical viral symptoms like fever, headache, and uh, uh, rash, etc., uh, which last for four to six days. So in primary infections, you usually get only the first phase. But in secondary infection, you may get a second phase, uh, which is co- consequence of the immune reaction to the virus. And that can result in the severe disease. So if the drugs are able to effectively neutralize the virus in the early phase itself, then the serious severe disease outcomes can be prevented. So the challenge is whether to target the therapy for the for the early phase or for the late phase of the disease. So that's another issue uh, for when developing this product. Moving on, could you please explain the mechanism of action of the dengue monoclonal antibody used in this study and specifically how the antibody has been designed to avoid antibody-dependent enhancement? Sure. So this uh, map, which is uh, also known as VIS-513, this is an engineered humanized monoclonal antibody, and it binds to a non-immunodominant epitope on domain 3 of the E protein, ED3. And uh, because of this, it can neutralize all four serotypes of the dengue virus. So that's very important. Now, when you look at the natural infection, what happens after an infection with one particular serotype? You acquire natural dengue antibodies. And these antibodies are targeted against the immunodominant epitopes of the E protein fusionally, which fusion loop, and the pre-M proteins which provide long-term immunity against the homotypic dengue infection, but only short-term immunity against the heterotypic dengue infections. And once these uh, dengue antibodies, when they wear, this can be involved in the antibody-dependent enhancement when when the person is infected with another serotype, right? That's the basic problem. And since VIS-513 or SI dengue map, it binds to the non-immunodominant epitope of uh, the ED3 protein. It does not, uh, fortunately, have this potential, and we have seen that in the studies. Thank you. Moving on to your trial now, could you explain the design of the trial and the cohort in which it was performed? So, uh, this was a phase one randomized uh, partially blind placebo control uh, study. Uh, uh, using single-dose ascending uh, strategy in healthy adults in uh, in Adelaide, uh, Australia. There were five cohorts, and uh, in the cohort one, we tested the 1 mg per kg dose in four uh, healthy individuals. 
in cohort 2 3 mg per kg cohort 3 7 mg per kg cohort 4 12 mg per kg and cohort 5 25 mg per kg these were the doses that were tested and in each of this cohort 2 to cohort 5 in each of these cohorts there were 12 individuals uh, which were taking part and the dose escalation from cohort 1 to 2 to 3 was done in a sequential manner uh, only after safety has been confirmed with the preceding dose level. And for each of the cohorts 2 to 4, there were two sub-cohorts. Uh, first one was the Sentinel sub-cohort, which had two uh, uh, participants. And uh, if there were no safety issues, then the study moved to the cohort, moved to the expansion cohort, which had 10 participants. In the Sentinel sub-cohorts, participants were randomly assigned 1S to 1 to either Dengue map or placebo. And once it got into expansion sub-cohorts, the remaining 10 participants were randomly assigned in a ratio of 9 is to 1 to Dengue map or placebo. And so this was in nutshell uh, uh, the dosing. And we did not enroll the last cohort of 25 mg per kg because we didn't feel that it was necessary. And uh, the, this dengue map or placebo, uh, they were administered as a slow injection or infusion intravenously over a period of 3 minutes to up to 2 hours depending on the dose level. And before that, of course, participants were screened for eligibility up to 4 weeks before randomization. And uh, once they were randomized on day one, they were admitted to the phase one unit uh, a, prior, a day prior to randomization until four days after randomization. Uh, this was uh, for safety monitoring and the total study follow-up was for 84 days. And safety was assessed by hematology and chemistry lab parameters and by vital signs and physical examinations at periodic intervals. We also looked at pharmacokinetic parameters through uh, 84 days. Thank you uh, for explaining that so clearly. Could you please now state the reasons for screen failure and the unbalanced allocation ratios for the doses that you've already mentioned, 9 is to 1, and the rationale for the doses chosen in the trial? We had uh, several reasons for screen failures like inclusion exclusion criteria not met that was seen in 51 people, a withdrawal by participants uh, before randomization. So they were eligible, but just before randomization, they uh, they excused themselves. So there's, there was 20 such people. Some of them were just lost to follow up before randomization, or some participants were uh, additionally screened just in case we fall short of the required number. So those kind of people were not taken. Uh, uh, two people were withdrawn by investigators before randomization uh, for some issues and uh, some four people did not come for randomization within the screening window. So it's, as I said uh, above, the, there was a four weeks window within which they could get randomized but if they crossed that window they could not. So there were four such people who had to, who, we had to let them go. Uh, since this was a phase one study in healthy adults to assess safety, we could afford to have a smaller number of controls because typically in phase one studies, uh, the, the size of the cohorts and the groups is, is, is smaller. And uh, so the unequal allocation to Dengimab and placebo ensure that uh, the generation of safety data 
on the dengue map, which was the product under consideration in more participants. That was the reason why you had this 9s to 1 ratio, uh, so that we could have as many people in the dengue map group as possible. And the doses that were evaluated in the study were selected based on the uh, safety uh, uh, in the preclinical studies as well as uh, efficacy and virus neutralizing properties. And we had tried uh, doses ranging from 3 mg per kg to 400 mg per kg. Uh, uh, the initial dose of 1 mg per kg that we uh, use in the in the present clinical trial was simply to assess any dose independent effect of the dengue map, whether the, and the molecule itself has any safety issues or not. So as a matter of abundant precaution, we started with a 1 mg per kg in the cohort one, but then eventually we moved to the next dose levels. Thank you. Could you please highlight the key findings of your study with a particular emphasis on the safety and pharmacokinetics of the dengue monoclonal antibody? What we found was that uh, this Rengimab, uh, when it was given as an intravenous injection or infusion at doses ranging from 1 mg to 12 mg per kg, it was basically safe and well tolerated. So that was uh, a very good news. We didn't have some adverse reactions like headache, infusion reaction, lipopenia, fatigue, pyrexia, which were rather common. But almost all of these A's were of grade 1 to create to severity and then they resolve completely. There were no deaths or no serious adverse events or no adverse events uh, causing premature discontinuations were observed in the study. So that's another good. The, the antibody also demonstrated those proportionate uh, pharmacopinetic exposure. The peak and total exposure pharmacopinetic parameters were dose dependent uh, which indicates linear relationship between the dose and the concentration. So these were the major findings of this study. Thank you. Just building up on the previous question where you mentioned lymphopenias and infusion reactions which occurred in the trial, could you briefly explain these in more detail? One of the known adverse reactions uh, with uh, the monoclonal antibodies that are currently approved and are, are in regular clinical use is the infusion reactions. So that's a known thing because most of them are given by travelers infusions. So these reactions typically cause chills, fever, uh, mild hypotension, sometimes dyspnea and rash. Rarely severe reactions may cause severe hypotension or anaphylaxis or cardiac dysfunction. And this infusion reaction usually starts within half an hour to two hours after the start of the administration of the drug. Uh, when the monoclonal antibodies bind to the target cells, cytokines are released into the circulation, which cause this typical symptom. So this is this is a phenomenon that is very well known with other monoclonal antibodies. Uh, we what we did was we we uh, we. Uh, saw these kind of reactions in the quad 2, uh, we started pre-administration of paracetamol 1 gram in the quads 3 and 4 uh, because that's a known uh, kind of uh, preventive strategy that is used for other monoclonals. And once we gave that pre-medication, the A's were significantly reduced. Uh, pre-medication with antihistamines or uh, uh, paracetamol or corticosteroids 
is an is a common practice to prevent fissure uh, reaction with most of the monoclonal antibody. They basically act like the prophylaxis uh, against the cytopendril syndrome. These reactions are uh, more common with faster infusion. So speed of infusion also makes a difference. So reducing the infusion rate is, is recommended to reduce the reaction. For example, for rituximab. Uh, in the cohort 3 and 4, we also reduce the speed and uh, also give the pre-medication with paracetamol. And therefore, as, a, as expected, the reactions re reduce substantially. And in any case, all these reactions were mild to moderate and they were touchy. Uh, in terms of lymphopenias, five of the seven lymphopenias occurred in cohort 4 and one each in cohort 2 and cohort 3. They picked at uh, 24 hours after administration of the dengue map and showed recovery at subsequent time points. And none of these lymphopenias was associated with any symptoms. So, you know, uh, there was nothing the uh, same concerning about even the lymphopenias. So to end the conversation on a positive note, we'd like to know what are the future directions of this work and are there any future trials planned by your group for this dengue monoclonal antibody? You know, as you know, uh, no antiviral drug has been uh, actually so far developed for dengue, especially for severe, severe dengue. And uh, therefore, therapeutic monoclonal antibodies provide a very important approach for this uh, indication. Uh, we have now completed a phase 2 study in patients with dengue fever in India and uh, we are currently analyzing the data and uh, once that data is ready uh, we will will compile the report and uh, of course uh, subsequently there is a plan for a phase 3 study in dengue uh, fever patients and we hope that uh, we'll get positive results in that uh, in the, in those studies. Thank you so much. Thank you for such an insightful and thought-provoking discussion, Dr. Kulkarni. You can read the paper we discussed today on thelancet.com. Thank you so much for listening and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your regular podcast from. <laughs>